And good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is Harrison Smith with another episode of Cinema. And it's brought to you, as always, by Dark Matter TV. Dark Matter TV is a streaming platform where you can find not just current genre entertainment and horror, sci-fi, thriller, and action, but also classic content that takes you back to the great old days of late night cable and finding those cult and classic films that they just don't make anymore. Available for download on Android or Apple or visit darkmattertv.com. It's free, it's fun, and it's gonna grow. I want to start off this podcast by saying every time you hear this, it means fuck you. Coming back into this, Man, I hope you people are checking out Dark Matter TV. It is a lot of fun. Like I said all the time, man, it is so much like uh, late night HBO cable. I I just love the stuff that they're putting on there. And I got to admit, they got two of my films on there, The Fields and Six Degrees of Hell. So an additional plug for them because I truly love what they do and they're great people. This is a companion piece uh, going back, I believe, to episode 38 of of my cinema podcast with um, I talked about how I felt as a kid, uh, the cynicism of, of really bad marketing uh, with Pac-Man for the Atari 2600, if you remember. And I, I kind of realized as I was talking to a friend that, you know, I, I thought that that was the first time that I was consciously aware that I got ripped off. Uh, you know, you, you, you I always go back to um, the uh, Christmas story when Ralphie, you know, got that decoder ring and all throughout the first part of the movie, he's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for this. And then when he finally gets it and he turns on the Little Orphan Annie radio show and he decodes the secret message, it's just a crummy commercial. And the way the kid says that, son of a bitch, a crummy commercial. And I thought, that it was it was truly the the Pac-Man Atari 2600 uh, game system that did that for me. And I was like 15 then. And, and you can go back and listen to that episode. I, I cover it in detail, so I don't need to rehash it here. But no, actually, it was before that. And what does this have to do with cinema? Well, it is really no different than Jaws the Revenge, which is what inspired this whole podcast. <laughs> And Jaws the Revenge did not have to be shitty. But on top of it, Jaws the Revenge, as I've said how many times on this podcast, is not a movie. Jaws the Revenge is a tax write-off. It's a payday. It's a cynical ploy to squeeze the last dime out of a sagging franchise that besmirches the original. And I know, look, Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Nothing can ruin Jaws. But my point is that Jaws the Revenge did not have to be so awful. And they shopped it as something great. Jaws the Revenge is kind of like Sea Monkeys. So I'm going to say that. I'll even reverse it. Sea Monkeys are the Jaws the Revenge of the the toy or hobby world. So so let me go back a little bit here and, and see how many of you can relate to this. And when I was a kid, comic books were big or uh, the Sunday comics, uh, you know, the, the color inserts on your newspaper uh, sometimes would run an ad for sea monkeys. And they always depicted them with this uh, like ad that showed them as like little humanoid people. And one of them had like 
a natural crown forming out of his head like it was the king sea monkey. And they had like an empire and they had like little castles and communities. And I believe South Park did something very similar about this. Cartman raised up a kind of like a community in, in his aquarium. But the ads uh, appealed to this thing about control to a kid. And, and here's where I'm going to get into this a little bit. And that is, you know, as a little kid, you, you're, you're striving constantly to control your world. I, I hope that makes sense. And, and, you know, like, see, when you play games, you, you, you are the leader or no, 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 I'm going to be this character and I'm going to be this. You're, you're constantly searching for that control, even if it's dominance over your friends, because your parents dominate you and you don't really have a lot of control there. I'm going to give you an example, and this is going to probably sound like some some uh, feminist or psychologist is going to think this is very misogynistic or whatever, but I don't care. I was a kid, and that is I always wanted to be King Kong sometimes because he had the girl, and what I mean by that is he got to have this beautiful girl just by picking her up and carrying her around. And, and it's going to sound even more perverted in the way that like he could take her clothes off if he wanted to. Like he could just in that scene when they restored King Kong, he pulled her dress off and you have this sexy, beautiful girl that that ends up needing you. And I know it, somebody's going to psychoanalyze me through this and think I'm some weirdo. And, you know, it, it rubs the lotion on the skin. Kind of, I'm not that way at all. I'm I'm just pointing out that as a kid, it was like, wow, you get to have this beautiful girlfriend and and she's like literally yours. And and then growing up, I, I watched Mad Monster Party and I, I remembered in that Rankin Bass animated thing that Dr. Frankenstein had this beautiful secretary, Francesca, and she was like my first crush as a kid. And and he invented her because uh, she was his masterpiece. And it was like, I want to invent a beautiful robot that that is just wonderful to me. And she loves me and she stays with me and she's my masterpiece. So when sea monkeys come along, you think, well, I'm going to create this wonderful little kingdom. And I am like, not their king, but you're kind of like their God. And that's what the ad was that appealed to me, that I was like this God of the sea monkeys and I was in charge kind of thing. And, and again, I probably sound like a real weirdo. And in this day and age of political correctness and everybody oversensitive, I'm sure I sound like a crazy psycho, whatever. I don't care. I was a little kid. And the appeal of sea monkeys was that I could control them, that this was going to be my world I was going to create. And the ads were very colorful. And they sell this whole thing that, you know, you you get them and you you put them in this container and somehow you never even think like you, as a kid, you don't even apply logic or science to it. You just think they're going to hatch and they're going to have two legs and a tail and they're going to walk upright and they're going to create more and more. And they're going to build these little castles. I mean, I guess that's how the castles get there, right? They build them. Where they're going to get the materials to build little castles is, is beyond me. But that's what they're going to do. And I'm going to feed them. And I'm going to approach the tank. And they will come up to the tank. And they will just be these little people that are going to worship me because I created them and I oversee their world. That was the appeal of sea monkeys to me. I mean, is anybody else thinking that? Or am I the only one? I mean, otherwise, what's the appeal to them? Let's just say you could create 
these little humanoid people. What the hell do you do with them? I mean, you can't really play with them. They're tiny. They need to stay in the water so you can't get in the water. What do you do with them? Do you just sit there and watch them build their their communities and their their little underwater sea monkey cities? I, I don't know. I have no idea. But you looked at these ads and it was kind of like somebody said to me recently online, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I didn't buy into the x-ray glasses, but I totally bought into sea monkeys, which is really funny when they said that because you remember the x-ray glasses ad and that was, it always showed somebody with these, uh, it was a guy, it was always a guy and he wore these like big kind of like they live sunglasses, but they had like uh, pinwheel designs in them, like hypnotic and that the hand would be up and you could see like the skeletal, you know, hand underneath the skin or uh, sometimes they even showed you where you could see through uh, a lady's clothing. Um, the, the science was never really there for that. I mean, when you looked at it, you were kind of like, oh, I don't know. Can you really do that? I mean, let's face it. How do the x-ray glasses just stop at seeing through clothing? I mean, if, if you put the x-ray glasses on, don't you think like you're going to see like right through the person, like their, their heart and their guts and everything? I mean, that's not really sexy. If you want to see a woman in her underwear, and why would it stop just at her underwear? You know, like what were the, the, the science, when you start applying science to these things, it all falls apart. You know, kind of like all these fucking conspiracy theories right now on the coronavirus. Uh, you know, somebody online saying, well, I've been doing my research on all of this. You mean by research, sitting in the bathroom on the toilet, looking at six hours of YouTube videos? I mean, where is the science to all of this? When you start applying science to the fact that coronavirus is somehow spread by 5G towers, and look, I'm not saying there aren't probably health issues affiliated with any type of high level of radiation going out into the world. Um, I'm just pointing out that I don't see the connection between 5G, which is a digital thing, spreading a virus, which is biological, but I digress. So we go back and you think about these ads in the back of comic books and, you know, there it is, you know, get x-ray glasses and, and you're just going like, it doesn't work. Like, so I won't buy that. But then this guy said, but I totally bought into sea monkeys and I totally understood it because there was somehow this, I guess, science in your head that no, the x-ray glasses won't work, but by God, the sea monkeys will. And what were sea monkeys? I mean, the ads depict them as humanoid. Like sometimes the female sea monkeys had hair, like a blondish hair, and they smiled and they had teeth. And sometimes they wore clothes. Where would they get the little clothes from? Are, do you have to buy the clothes? Do they come separately? Or do they just walk around naked all the time? I, I don't know. So when you start applying this science to it, it doesn't seem to make any sense. And maybe, just maybe, going back to episode 38 on the Pac-Man Atari game, maybe that's why I was so doubtful. Because one of the things I said in that episode was they never really showed any screen action or screenshots of that video game when they packaged it and they put it on commercials. I mean, you had Pac-Man in your head from the arcade. You just kind of assumed that it would look pretty similar to that on the home video game system. But when you start applying that logic, 
you start realizing that it just really can't be that way. So go back and look at those Sea Monkey ads. And I'm going to uh, put some links to them in my show notes. And one of the ads is actually on the artwork uh, for this episode, especially on YouTube. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how um, uh, uh, Apple and Spotify and all that advertise the artwork, but I do have it. And those, those artwork pieces show humanoid people smiling, swimming about, and always with a wonderful white family standing around beholding the joy of sea monkeys as they look down into their aquarium, which is usually this round fishbowl. It was never really like a big, long aquarium. I mean, don't you think if you're creating this little mini humanoid society, they're going to need room to expand, right? And, and if they're so humanoid, I mean, what happens if the sea monkeys start misbehaving? Could they, could they eventually leave the tank and try to kill you in your sleep? I, I think I'm actually coming up with a horror movie here and just call it Sea Monkeys. You know, you would get this ad and I would look at it all the time and I would be like, oh, I want to be the king of the sea monkeys. I want them to worship me. I want them to look at me every morning and build their little cities all for me. And again, never applying the science behind where would they get building materials how do you feed them? How would they survive? How do they create these, these very complicated societies? And just why are they so damn happy being stuck in a fishbowl? I remember my grandmother especially was, my grandmother, and she's depicted by Cloris Leachman in the fields. My grandmother doted on me. And I remember I wanted sea monkeys. And it look, there were all levels of sea monkeys. You could get the starter pack which was like this tiny little container. It was a plastic container with these magnifying bubbles on the front. And they had like a red plastic bottom that mimicked like the seafloor. Would get this and it was wrapped, shrink wrapped in plastic and it came with these packets. And then you could go up and there were like sea monkey bigger tanks, like plastic bowls. And they got bigger and bigger and of course more expensive. And sometimes these things were like ant farms where they had plastic uh, backdrops or buildings or things like that. But they weren't the 3D castles or communities that were depicted in the comics. So there is that uh-oh red flag moment coming up here when you go out to buy. And I remember my grandmother every Friday night, my grandmother never worked, but my grandfather did. And when I spent all my time with them, Friday night was reserved for going to the store. And now keep in mind, I'm a little kid. It was never the name of the store. It was always, we're going to the store. The store meant a department store. And this one department store also had groceries in it. It was kind of like a, a forerunner of Walmart. And we're talking now, we're going back to like 1973, 1974. And uh, I wanted sea monkeys. And I, I couldn't wait for my birthday. I couldn't wait for Christmas. And I know if I ask Nanny, She'll get them for me because I. she would always give me like 10 bucks. And I'm talking like $10 in 1973 or 74 is a lot of money. But she would always call it a couple pennies. I'll give you a couple pennies. Don't tell your grandfather. Go get them. So they would go shopping and alone by myself. I'm talking like I'm six, seven years old. I would go through the department store and I would find the toys because that's where they were. There was no like science shelf or anything like we have now. Like I remember Toys R Us had that where you can get like your science experiments and all that. The sea monkeys were packaged with the toys. 
I remember going to get them and, and looking for them and there they were. And they there, there was like a shelf of sea monkey shit. And it was like, you can get the starter pack or you can go up to the medium size pack or you can get the deluxe pack. But the deluxe pack was more money. And I knew Nanny, not wanting my grandfather to find out, he would have to come. She would have to fork out more money. My grandfather would say no. So I got the starter pack and I picked it off the shelf and I looked at it, it had these Everything was colorful. It was reds and blues, exciting colors like yellows and all of that. And my grandmother would always take it and she would put it in with the rest of the shit that they got. My grandfather never noticed. He was just there to pay for it all. Or my grandmother usually paid for it. He gave her the money. She paid for it. And then you had to go home. But then this is where the magic kind of went out of it. Because then you get home and there were all these instructions so you rip off that shrink rack and you just thought you're going to pour in water, instant sea monkey world, right? And within a day, they were all going to be there and worshiping me. And I remember thinking like, how are they going to function in this tiny little world? This time? It was not a lot. I mean, we're talking like, it wasn't much at all. Like a little, I don't know, maybe it held like two cups of water. That was the first part of the magic uh, losing its luster. So I get home and then you have to read the instructions. So Nanny would sit with me and you had to let the tap water sit out. Now they had well water, but still to be safe. So you filled it up and you had to let the tap water sit overnight. And my grandmother explained it to me as well. Water has chemicals and it lets the water uh, leach the chemicals out. Somehow the chemicals magically evaporate into the air, leaving the water behind. I don't know how it worked, but you had to let the water sit out overnight for like 24 hours. Then the next step was you took one packet, which were the eggs, and you dumped them in. And I think someone can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think there was a water conditioner packet that you also put into. Maybe you added that first before the eggs, but you started adding all these packets. And within 24 hours to 48 hours, all the stuff was done. Then you had one packet left over, which was the food. And I'm like, okay, that's their food. But in the cartoons, like in the comic ads, it looks like, like they eat off of little plates and things like there are no little plates packed with this. It's like a powder that you're going to dump in for the sea monkeys to eat. And I'm like, well, that's not kind of right. But then you had to put in the eggs and you could wait anywhere from, I guess it was like three days to a week for them to hatch. But I kept waiting and I remember like this was in the summertime. So I was with my grandmother like all week long. And I remembered thinking like, yeah, I'm going to put this in every day. I checked it. And you looked at those little magnifying portals because there you might see them changing. And the stuff just kind of floated in the air. And sometimes those eggs, they, they look like little salt particles. They, they sat at the bottom and you waited and you waited and you waited. And then one day they hatched. And I remembered looking into the tank and there were things swimming around in there. And I thought, oh, it's the sea monkeys. But they weren't coming to the glass to see me. And most of all, they didn't have two legs and they didn't have a long tail and they didn't have two arms. They look like bugs. They look like these tiny little, I don't know what the hell they were, but they look like bugs. That's the best way I can put it. 
And I'm looking at him and I remembered feeling totally devastated. Like, this isn't what was in the comic ad. And and you like when you saw the ad, like I remembered I saw it a, a, a comic book with the ad in it. And I, I pulled it out and I'm like, they don't look, well, maybe they need to get older. Maybe they need to grow up. Maybe this is the baby version of them. But they never changed. And so I added the food as directed. I put the food in, but they didn't take the food and pick it up and take it down. And and most of all to the bottom and and they didn't build any castles and they didn't build any little houses and, and they, they didn't build any little roads. It was like there was just this plastic bottom and the water was starting to get a little cloudy. And over the next couple of weeks, they, they never really changed much. They never grew legs and arms. They were just these little buggy looking things that swam around. And that was it. And I remember the water, you, you could add something. The water, for some reason, I can't remember, but it kind of turned bluish. And I don't know if that was because of the stuff that you added, but it was a total letdown. And I remember thinking like, did I do something wrong? Did did they not hatch right? Did I create little monsters? Did they give me the wrong thing? And this is pre-internet, so there's nobody to complain to. And you know, what are you going to do? Write the company and, and tell them you're disappointed? And I remembered feeling totally let down. And I remember my grandmother who pulled no punches. She goes, well, that's a goddamn ripoff. Look at that. And then she said what they really were. And I never knew what they were before. She goes, well, they're brine shrimp. I didn't know what that was. And she said, that's what they are. They're shrimp. And here I found out from my grandmother explaining, it's like finding out there was no Santa Claus. Brine shrimp are are an animal. They live in the ocean and fish eat them and whales eat them. They're, They're kind of like these little tiny things they were kind of like plankton. And then she explained what plankton was or, or were. And I was just, I remembered thinking, what a ripoff. This is nothing like the ad showed. So I think right there and then, that was my first real moment of becoming cynical. Was it sea monkeys so long ago? that now make me feel that I had to make a podcast about cynicism because when I went to see Jaws the Revenge, I got to admit, man, I I had hope. Mrs. Brody was back and Universal made it and, and, you know, it was like, it's going to be good. And then you got what you got. So maybe it wasn't Pac-Man. Maybe it was Sea Monkeys. That was my first true experience of cynicism. And like that guy said online, I kind of knew that the x-ray glasses were bullshit. As much as I wanted to see through a pretty girl's clothes, I kind of knew that wasn't going to happen. And then, uh, do all of you know how they really worked? (laughs) You got these glasses and they actually gave you uh, like, slides that you slid into the glasses that let you see what it was like the illusion of creating the illusion of x-ray it wasn't real so you kind of knew that that wasn't real but for sea monkeys hope springs eternal that's what it was like you really thought 
I'm going to get something magical here. I'm going to have my little sea monkey kingdom. And I think it appealed to control. I was going to be their God. Like King Kong could have his girlfriend because he held her in his hand. She couldn't get away and he would put her in a tree, would put her on a rock, but she depended on Kong. And Dr. Frankenstein invented his masterpiece, Francesca, and she was always there for him. So somebody psychoanalyzing this right now is probably thinking he's this misogynistic piece of garbage that just wants to control, control, control. I'm not saying that at all. And I think a lot of you understand exactly what I'm talking about here. It wasn't just Pac-Man. It was also Sea Monkeys. That was probably my first experience in cynicism and truly understanding what it was like to be ripped off as a consumer and that entertainment can also follow a really cynical bent and that you should expect more and also apply logic and science. Logic should have told me when going to see Jaws the Revenge a number of things. They're releasing it toward the end of summer. That's one. Number two, after Jaws 3, just how good could this be? Number four, seeing the the previews. If you look at that preview for Jaws the Revenge, oh, brother. But hope springs eternal. And you went hoping you weren't getting screwed. I went ahead and got Pac-Man for the Atari 2600 in the hope I wasn't getting screwed. And I got my grandmother to buy me sea monkeys in the hope I wasn't getting screwed. And here's where I'm going to end this. Folks, I think I bought sea monkeys like four or five times as a kid, hoping each time that the result would be different. And it never was. That's true cinema that goes beyond just film and televised product. Cinema can also be something like sea monkeys. So I hope this took you down memory lane. Hope you had some fun listening to it. Sea monkeys are still out there, by the way. Now they uh, package them as dinosaurs. Yes, go into a science department of a department store or a hobby store like Go Games. It's still brine shrimp, but they package them as some type of Cretaceous era kind of creature that wakes up out of dormancy. And uh, kids actually think now instead of owning an empire of little humanoid things, They are breeding dinosaurs a la Jurassic Park. The cynicism remains the same. So think about that. Next time you go into a game or hobby store or a toy store, look it up. You'll see what I mean. Or go online. They're now packaging what used to be sea monkeys as dinosaurs. Somehow, I guess you think you're going to be breeding a Mosasaurus or a Plesiosaur in your little tank. So for that, this is Harrison Smith. Wishing you all well wherever you are in the world right now. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Check out my cinema blog on horrorfuel.net and download Dark Matter TV for your Apple or Android devices.